hello to you and welcome to the Richard Nichols podcast, the personal development podcast series that's here to help inspire, educate and motivate you to be the best you can be. I'm psychotherapist Richard Nichols and this is episode 166. It's titled Disappointment and Low Expectations. And if you're ready, we'll start the show. Quick joke for you, pod fans. A young boy was so optimistic that his parents thought that they needed to teach him a life lesson. Being cruel to be kind, they bought him a six-foot-high pile of manure for his birthday. And it's delivered whilst he slept. And the next day, they tell him his present is on the lawn. And he rushes outside with his eyes open wide. Wow! he shouts. That's amazing! And he jumps into the manure and starts to dig through it with his hands in excitement. What are you doing? scream his parents. Well, said the boy, with this much manure there's bound to be a pony in here somewhere. Now obviously the kid is going to be majorly disappointed. A pile of horse crap doesn't necessarily mean a horse. Which is a collection of words I never thought I'd ever say. But is the kid right to set his sights so high? Is optimism all it's cracked up to be? And to me, it's important to see the difference between expectations and goals. You can have high goals, but don't necessarily need high expectations in order to reach them, because there's a difference between having low expectations and no expectations. Having no expectations can prevent the disappointment from setting your sights too high, so no expectation allows you to enjoy whatever you experience. Having low expectations, or rather expectations of something bad, could easily spoil what would have been a nice experience because you might have primed yourself to look for what is bad about it rather than what is good. Now, I get why being pessimistic can be useful, but it's a defence mechanism, isn't it? We can protect ourselves from disappointment by not thinking about things working out for us, but we have to keep it under control. But the opposite, expecting everything to be perfect, is just as problematic, because life isn't like that, when so much is outside of our control. And relationships are a good example here, when you know someone so intimately, and they feel so comfortable around you, that they won't hide behind uh, a mask of perfection that they might have done at the very start of a relationship when they were trying to impress. And we all do that, or... At least most people do. We like to think most of us will bite our tongue a bit bit more rather than argue about something at the beginning of a relationship because you don't want to spoil it. You want to get off on the right foot. And if you've created this image of the perfect partner onto them, maybe years before even meeting them, this version of of a partner that never farts and always leaves the bathroom tidy, then you'll always feel as if you could have done better. And that's not fair in either of you. Does that mean that we should expect the worst of everyone, though? So that anything better than that is a bonus? I think that's just as problematic, because, like I say, if you prime yourself for it, then you'll create a feeling about it even when the reality doesn't match. You'll be resentful for no reason, or anxious, or angry. I think it might be better to have no expectations at all, and just take it as it comes, and deal with things in the moment. After all, The future hasn't happened yet, 
And it's mostly outside of our control anyway, so spending time thinking about a future is probably pointless. And I say this phrase all the time, so I'm sure you'll never forget, but the brain doesn't know the difference between fact and fiction. Our thoughts will create an unconscious expectation, even if you consciously know full well it isn't realistic. And if our brain is expecting something to happen, and it doesn't happen, it creates emotion. Often we label it as anxiety. Especially if we don't really know why our brain and body has just reacted, but sometimes it's excitement. Especially if we'd primed ourselves for something less exciting. If the horseman your kid had been expecting a kick in the testicles for his birthday, then he's got a pleasant surprise with 200 kilos of horse manure. If he was expecting a £20 note in a birthday card, then he's either going to be very disappointed, or at best he'll have to wait three months for it to turn into compost and then go and sell it bit by bit to his neighbours. Maybe the key to all this, and to make the best of a, a crappy situation literally in the case of a huge pile of horse manure and the secret to happiness really i guess is acceptance accepting what has happened and dealing with it maybe learning from it well yeah i guess but it depends what you learn my wife once told me this story of when she was i think she was about 11 something like that her dad had fitted um a phone extension in a bedroom just to remind the younger generation here, telephones used to be tied to the wall until the late 1990s. Even if you had a wireless one, you still needed it to be connected to a base unit that ran on wires. We need to appreciate that the next time we get a text message. Anyway, she had a, a basic phone for chatting, you know, just a cheap thing. But every Saturday morning, she'd go into town with her mum shopping and she'd walk past a second-hand shop window. And in the window was a Mickey Mouse telephone about 12 inches high. Mickey held the receiver in his hand, which acted as the phone cradle. It was a bit expensive for an 11-year-old, even though it was second-hand, but her mum had said that if she saved up uh, some of her pocket money, she could have it, and uh, if she saved up enough, her parents would put some money towards it, so she saved. And every Saturday, she'd walk past that shop window, and it would remind her not to go crazy with shaking Stephen singles and wham albums, and eventually she'd got enough money to go and buy it. So, this Saturday, she emptied her piggy bank out. Our dad gave her the balance. She skipped into town with her mum, really looking forward to getting this new Mickey Mouse telephone for her bedroom. But guess what? It had gone. It had been sold a few days before. And she was gutted. But it taught her a lesson. It taught her not to look forward to something in case you don't get it. It taught her to be quite pessimistic. She learned to think about the worst happening just in case it does so that she's prepared, so that anything better than that would be a bonus. And she's telling me this when, I don't know, she was probably about 19 or 20, and I'm 21, 22, something like that. It was a few years ago now, half a lifetime ago, actually. Christ. And I couldn't imagine, at the time when she's telling me this, I couldn't understand how she'd not learned something more productive. Because to me, at the time, the lesson here wasn't about needing to protect yourself from pain with negative expectations... It was a lesson about communication and money management. But like I say, I was probably 22 at the time, and I, I don't know how I'd have reacted when I was 11, because we learned different things at different times. The thing is, she wasn't 11 anymore. But her unconscious process, that was still making her, making her live her life aged 19 and 20, with an element of a programme that started running in her brain when she was 11, because she'd repeated the programme over and over again. 
every time she'd expected something to go wrong, whether it did or not. And she's still a bit pessimistic now, actually, but probably only in comparison to the the overly optimistic me, so we, we balance out quite nicely. I help her to see better perspectives, and she helps me see more realistic possibilities, and between as it works. But if I expected her to be always just like me, to have the same opinions and attitudes, then my expectations wouldn't be met, and I would feel as if we weren't good for each other. And then I wouldn't notice when there's evidence of how much in common we do have, and I'd resent being married to her always thinking that I could do better than this. And that has the potential to cross over to everything that we experience. There's an increasing expectation that we should all be able to have the perfect partner, the perfect job, the perfect home, that we should all have manufactured the perfect children in order to be happy. And that, if it doesn't happen, according to these plans, then something must be wrong. Our life is broken and needs fixing. I think it's good to set goals but unrealistically high expectations of ourselves and our life, that's counterproductive and damaging to our mental health and can stop us from getting even close to those goals that we've set, making us feel even more of a failure. A way of preventing this, I think, is to be a bit more aware of the fiction of TV, films and social media exploits. Looking at the lives of the seemingly perfect people can distort our sense of reality if we're not careful. Now, I get that it's a good idea to try and improve on an unhappy marriage or an unsatisfying career or whatever, but it's also a good idea to try and be realistic as to what you can expect from these things in the first place. To find that healthy middle ground between expecting too much and accepting too little. And if you're not sure what's realistic, then talk to someone about it. Talk to a close friend or a family member about how you feel and see if there is a better perspective. And ask them to think critically. To look at what you're asking with some sort of impartiality and not just take your side on things out of solidarity, but to be honest with you. If you have someone that you trust to do this, then they can definitely help you get a perspective on what is and what is not a realistic expectation. And like I said, try and lay off certain media outlets or at least be aware of the influence that other people's lives, whether they're real or not, can have on you. It's not a problem if your family is more like the Simpsons and the Waltons or that your relationship is more similar to Basil and Sybil Faulty than Terry and June. Oh, that's just reminded me. R.I.P. June Whitfield. Oh. Someone said oh, someone said to me recently that after separating from their partner, and they kept it quiet for a couple of weeks before mentioning it on, on social media, everyone commented with uh, how surprised they were and how they thought of them as the perfect couple because no one knew the truth of how painful the relationship was. I said it in Keeping Up With, was it the Keeping Up With The Joneses episode, I think, whenever that was. We're we're only going to see a version of the world that people are prepared to show. So be careful what you look for, be careful what you look at, and soak up. And not just the social media and films and stuff, even self-help books and podcasts can actually make us feel worse sometimes. I've had quite a lot of emails from listeners over the years telling me that they like the way that I present my views because it's more realistic, especially my USA listeners. I don't know if you've ever listened to uh, any other self-help podcasts. I hope you do. But quite often, some of the American ones also mix up financial and business success with personal development. 
and they're less about mental health or emotional health and more about just believing in yourself and having confidence to do anything and everything. And I've read books that say that with nothing but confidence in yourself, you can have it all and you shouldn't settle for anything less than the best. Which might sound okay at first, but could so easily lead you unintentionally to more to more unhappiness and disappointment because of unrealistic expectations. There's a line in my book that I, I keep hearing quoted on social media. I said something like, Paradoxically, it could be that the only reason for you being unhappy is your relentless attempts at trying not to be. And I stand by it. We can try too hard to be perfect, and doing the right thing for ourselves might actually include lowering rather than increasing our expectations. I, I might go into it a bit more uh, throughout the throughout the month on my Monday episodes. Let me know if what I've been on about today is interesting to you. We can continue with it on my patron-only feed. If you're not already a patron, by the way, please consider being one and go to patreon.com slash richardnichols. And for about a fiver each month, you can get episodes every week if you want them. But you don't have to. Your life is your own. You might only want monthly ones, and that's absolutely fine. I still love you. Before I go, though, a quick shout-out to patron Chris in Denver, USA. Congratulations to you and your wife on your upcoming fourth kid. Exciting times. Also, hello to Anna and Dave in New Zealand, claiming to be my biggest fans there. I wonder if my long-distance brother has something to say about that, because he's a policeman in Wellington, but actually I don't know if he listens. Hello, Baz, if you do. Hi to Hannah, who left me a lovely iTunes review and a Facebook message. And thanks again to everyone that has become a patron. Even all the the one dollar ones. Thank you. Right then, so that's February's monthly episode. I'll be back with a patron episode on Monday. Though, oh, just remembered, it's February. It's going to be Valentine's Day soon. That might be a good time to test out lowering expectations. That's not usually something that goes the the same way as the adverts on the telly make you think it's going to, does it? Especially if you're single. Capitalism tries to make sure that we aren't happy about something to try and make us part with our cash. So. Celebrate Valentine's Day, whether you're in a relationship or not, with a celebration of something else. Instead, who would be a better saint? I wonder if maybe... Hmm, St Arnold of Soissons? The patron saint of hop pickers and Belgian brewers. Let's celebrate him instead with a, a pint of real ale. Or, or not, if that's inappropriate to you. So, either way, no matter what, enjoy February, and I shall see you next time. Take care, folks. Bye!